Hey everybody, it's Sathya here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're having a fantastic day. Um, And I know that your day will get better because you're about to listen to me interview Dan Stutt. That's a nice German last name there. Dan is the president of the American branch of Freedom in Christ Ministries. Now, if you don't know what Freedom in Christ Ministries is, it is uh, the organization that was founded by Neil T. Anderson back in the 80s, I believe, maybe maybe even earlier than that. And his famous work is called Bondage Breakers. Uh, that's a book that has sold literally millions of copies. And he was one of the pioneers on sort of the inner healing front. So I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I come from more of a charismatic background. Some Pentecostal charismatic circles of the church have a pretty strong emphasis on deliverance and, you know, really casting demons out and and getting rid of any authority that demonic spirits might have that are causing problematic behavior in your life. And, you know, sexual sin is at the top of that list of where people will seek deliverance. And Neil T. Anderson was somebody who existed in that stream, but really brought an approach that focused on healing of the heart as well. And it was kind of this idea that you don't want to just get delivered. You want to make sure that you're actually a healthy, whole human being who is, um, you know, healthy in his soul and his spirit. That was sort of the language they used. And it was very cutting edge, uh, made a huge splash in uh, Christian circles all around the world. And the ministry is still going strong today. And so I was really honored just to get connected with Dan and to have him on the podcast. He, uh, he has a, a wealth of knowledge. And I think what's really cool is he has an experience of just being impacted by bondage breakers, by Freedom in Christ Ministries, and kind of gradually working his way through the organization to be at the, the president now and, and really leading and, and championing something that is quite special. So we get into his story. We get into sort of uh, the bondage breaker methodology and kind of what that looks like and what's happening with Freedom in Christ moving forward. And I think you're going to get a lot of value from this. I highly recommend you give it a listen. And I think if you have, you know, maybe tried something, maybe you've done some counseling, you've done some programs and you've sort of addressed that area, but maybe the spiritual part about deliverance and, you know, what does it look like to actually do that in a biblically sound way? Um, you're going to at least get a taste of it. We don't go super deep on it, but we talk a little bit about the origins of it, some of the philosophies that undergird freedom in Christ. And I think it'll at least give you a bit of a comprehensive overview. And we put tons of links. They have a lot of free resources, including um, there's a book that's completely free of charge that I'm going to link to in the show notes. And all of those are going to give you opportunities to you know, get a taste of this if it's something you're interested in and something that you think might help you in your recovery journey. So I've talked enough here. Without further ado, here's my interview with Dan Stewart. So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives, and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. All right. Well, I'm here with Dan Stute, president of Freedom in Christ, uh, which is really one of the most, uh, I would say that one of the more iconic ministries in this space of deliverance and inner healing and really one of the most foundational ministries. Certainly, uh, I know for me and even in my own recovery, some of the programs I was a part of when I got free of porn, they they would constantly reference the Freedom in Christ material. So uh, just an honor to be able to connect with you guys. And Dan, thank you so much for giving me some time here to, to be here today. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be with you, Sathya. Thanks for the opportunity. 
Yeah, so I, I think we know like nobody gets into this space of helping people, you know, get free of stuff in their lives without our own personal experiences. And so you're you're educated, um, you know, in psychology, and you're ordained, and you worked as a minister. You kind of have both of those arenas, like myself. But I, I know you have a, a story that that really ties into you know the vein and the nature of our content, which is helping guys get free of porn addiction. And I'm wondering if we, maybe we can start there, and then I would love to get into more uh, the work that you're up to today. So let, let's start there. Tell us a little bit about uh, your experience in kind of this arena of, of sexual health and, um, and sexual sin as well. Yeah. Well, uh, born and raised in a Christian family. And I went to church every Sunday. It wasn't an option. It was just part of what we did, who we are. Uh, but then at home, uh, you know, really didn't talk about it that much. And experienced, um, you know, times when mom and dad were just angry, um, get into arguments, you know, dad stressed about work and finances and mom stressed about kids and, and everything. And so uh, inevitable conflicts would happen. But I, in all that, I didn't learn how to process my own faith or emotion. You know, so then, um, which, by the way, is, is one of the things I loved about your 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 book that's coming out, The Last Relapse, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. Great stuff. Uh, you know, you really help men get to that emotional core. And I highly recommend it for anybody uh, working through this, this area of life. So thank you. Yeah, yeah good stuff there. <laughs> so, um, you know, fast forward to when I was 11 years old, again, before before you were around, right? 1981, <laughs> 82, in that range, uh, I was visiting with my grandparents. Um, and it's interesting, because my dad's younger brother married my mom's younger sister. So totally legal. Um, <laughs> <you know. laughs> but, but it caused our families to be really close. And so we were all visiting uh, in my dad's parents' house. And um, he had a couple other uh, older sisters, my dad did. And so I had some older cousins. And they knew where my grandpa's stash was in his basement. Wow. And so I was down there one day and I saw them start pulling these magazines out. And really at 11 years old, I'd never seen this kind of thing. I'd never really thought about it. Um, I was just curious. So, you know, I knew there was something wrong. They were kind of even hush hush as they were doing this, but I snuck down to the basement a little bit later when it cleared out. And it was, you know, was, there was a pool table, ping pong table, uh, chairs. So it really was a fun living space down there, uh, but hidden, hidden around in, you know, grandpa's library, uh, which was pretty much an excuse for his stash. Um, you know, I pulled out a magazine and I sat down in this comfy leather chair. I can still kind of just remember it. If I flash back to that, remember where I was sitting, I start looking through this magazine. I'm thinking, I've never seen anything like this before. Um, you know, and, and really it was just at that point, curiosity and excitement. And all of a sudden I realized my aunt is standing over my shoulder. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, you know, for anybody who's played at the beach, gotten swamped by a wave, maybe even tumbled over by it, slammed yeah. into the sand, right? <laughs> I just felt this wave of shame and dirtiness. It was like all of a sudden it just filled me. And she didn't say a word. She just turned around and walked back upstairs. 
well, so now I know in my spirit, this is wrong. This is dirty. And actually it's not to be talked about because, you know, that's, that's that interpretation I got, I got as a kid. I, I think it might've been Josh McDowell. Somebody said, uh, children are the best observers, but worst interpreters. Mm. And so, so as you're doing work with guys, guys, as you're doing your work yourself, recognize that as a kid, even as a young teen, as a teenager, we often will read things into a situation that honestly, the enemy of our souls uses uh, to plant a lie about ourselves, about the character of God. And I'll come back to that in just a minute with regard to my aunt. So here I am at 11 years old, shame and dirtiness, but curiosity and excitement all mixed in. Fast forward, I think it was actually about a year later, <clears throat> we lost my uncle, sudden, you know, heart attack, 33 years old. But here I am, a young, you know, young kid, preteen, still thinking death is for old people, right? 33 at that <laughs> point was old. So I'm thinking I got time, no rush, uh, you know, but here I am Sunday mornings listening to this, my hellfire and brimstone preacher, and I certainly didn't want to go to hell. So, you know, that was, that was an upsetting um, but then a few months after my uncle died, um, a buddy, a, a teenager, just a mile down the street from where I lived, rode his bike out into the road, got hit by a car and killed instantly. And I, I remember thinking, how often do I ride out into the road without looking both ways, right? Without, without really checking. Uh, and it just came home to me that, man, I, that could happen to me anytime. So I asked my dad, I, I just said, Hey dad, you know, I'm, I'm interested in being saved. I'm wondering what that's about. I, I realize I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. And so tell me, tell me the rest of what I need to know about Jesus and what it means to get saved. And so I prayed to trust Jesus Christ as my savior. And I knew from that moment on, my sins were forgiven and I was going to heaven. Hmm. Wow. And, uh, but here's the thing. I still had all this stuff going on inside these thoughts, these emotions, unprocessed, mm. really lurking, unknown to me. And so here I am a happy go lucky kid, but you know, sexual interest begins to become more and more as I get into 14 and 15, I start dating and actually became sexually active. Uh, as a as a 15 year old and then pornography and masturbation became habitual right? wow and uh you know so i know that there were sinful choices on my part and that that chemical process in the brain of addiction the shame that feeds that the wanting to escape stress reality you know in fantasy land everything always went my way and everybody liked me, right? <laughs> but that's not reality. Yeah. So fast forward a few more years, you know, here I'm thinking, well, if I get married, that'll take care of it, you know, because then we can have sex every day, um, which we know is another, you know, mistruth. It's, it's not, uh, that's, that doesn't fix those things inside that were unresolved and un unprocessed. So, Fast, I get married at 21, 
uh, you know, wonderful woman. We actually, Jen and I will be uh, married 30 years this August. Come on. Wow. 30 years. We've got four kids, two girls, two boys. They range from 25 to 17. Our two daughters are, are both married. So we've got two wonderful sons-in-law. And uh, we're just so grateful for our family. And here's, here's one of the things I want to say to every guy out there. A, congratulations that you're listening in because you recognize this is a serious issue. Yeah. And I pray that you recognize that this is something worth addressing. And uh, that's what I want to say. It's hard. It is not easy. It was, it was, a, it was a battle for me for years hmm. uh, to recognize all the aspects of my cycle of addiction, my choices, the emotions, my core beliefs. But it is so worth sorting through. Yeah, because I, I can tell you, I've been free of pornography and masturbation for 22 years now. Wow. And yeah. And it is worth it. It impacts your marriage in a positive way. Your children. I mean, I have these conversations with my boys. We just it's it is worth it, guys. I can't say that enough. That's so good. It's so good. So sorry. I just just want to pause you there for yeah, a second. I think I think it's really it, it, it's really neat. Um, I guess just thinking about how your your first exposure experience is very obviously very unique. I don't know how many people have had their aunt looking over their shoulder, you know, while they're first getting exposed. That's quite quite novel that way. And yet, in many ways, it's actually the same as probably most of the people listening. You know, the waves of shame, uh, and like you said, there's sort of the um, I guess kind of the the sexual curiosity that's also like a little bit like I don't know if this is okay. You have the religious component. Uh, where you know there's something wrong about this, and then you kind of just have the the family part of like my aunt knows when she's not saying anything, so I think that makes all of this worse. But I'm not sure, and just sort of the confusion around it. Um, so I, I appreciate the way you unpack that. I think that was really useful. I, I want to fast forward a bit. You you have such a fascinating life, and I know you've been educated in a lot of different facets. But I'm wondering if you can kind of uh, tee us up for when your life starts to intersect with freedom in Christ. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I went to seminary. Uh, I, my undergrad is in psychology. Love the study of people and our processes are, you know, uh, just fascinating. And uh, actually ended up getting to work in a psychiatric emergency room for a couple of years. Wow. Uh, yeah, about uh, back in 2000 to 2002. Actually, that's when I said to God, I, I don't want to be in ministry anymore. It's just too hard. It's too painful. So hmm. I said, I want a normal job. And God put me in the psyche. <laughs> so, but, um, but I was 25. I was in seminary. Uh, again, I had surrender. I, I felt God calling me go to ministry. I was working in the uh, psych field with teenagers. And I realized, you know, the world has a band-aid for a stab wound to the heart. And hmm. Uh, Christians have the answer in Christ and communicated through his word, empowered by his Holy Spirit. And so I just knew I wanted to work with kids in the church and help them understand that truth. So, but here I am, I'm going to seminary, still struggling with these things, doing an internship in my, in my church and youth ministry and still struggling with these things in private. And so honestly, I had a lot of self-hatred um, and, uh, and I stuffed that for the most part, sometimes came out a, 
toward my wife or, or my oldest daughter before I started really, uh, you know, understanding what was going on inside. And so a buddy of mine, we sat down in church history one, we've been friends ever since. And, uh, and it was in about 90, 94, 95, we just said, Hey, you want to be accountability partners? And wow. we started, yeah. And we started, that was about five years after victory over the darkness and the bondage breaker had hit the market. And he said, hey, I heard of these great new books. You want to read them and study them together? So just a chapter at a time, we, we read Victory of the Darkness, which talks about our identity. If I'm a new creation in Christ, what does that mean? And why do I still think, feel, and act like the old? Um, you know, And the importance of forgiveness, healthy emotions, and then the bondage breaker, which talks about you know the mental battle we fight, the spiritual battle we fight, and some practical tools as to how to do that. So, so we started doing that really over the next uh, year or two together, uh, went through another study called Faithful and True by Mark Laser. Um, and that's a, that's a really good study as well. I, I call yes. that like therapy in a workbook, um, yeah. you know, but so those things in combination uh, really helped me. But what Freedom in Christ did is it helped resolve uh, my view of God as my father, right? Mm. It helped me to recognize who I am in Christ, my identity in Christ. So for example, and stop me if you have any questions along the way, I can always pick back up. But okay. one of the things that I, that I learned through freedom in Christ is not only my identity in Christ, but the spiritual battle, not being a power struggle, because God is all powerful. Satan is, is a created being. And yeah. Jesus has already defeated him, right? First John 3, 8. He came to undo the works of Satan. Um, Colossians 2, it says he actually humiliated him. He beat him so bad. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and so it's not a power struggle. It's yeah. also not, it's not an issue of authority because Jesus, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Yeah, and that's right. So go, right. So go and make disciples. And as you do so, I will go with you and I will be with you everywhere you go. Right. So I'm, I'm learning these things, but I'm learning who I am in Christ and how to take my thoughts captive. You know, so I mentioned just a minute ago, hating myself, really. I mean, I would stare at myself in the mirror and curse myself out. And uh, like, can't you do better? I mean, come on get it together. And I just would berate myself. And then I realized, wait a second, God says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Hmm. I'm like, but God, what I just did, how I feel about myself, have you factored those in God? You know, and, and what I had to come to grips with is if I'm ever in a disagreement with God, who knows more and who's right? Yeah. Right. So by faith in the accomplished work of Jesus Christ, I trust that because I'm in him, I prayed to receive his forgiveness. I've been placed in him, adopted. He calls me friend. He's not ashamed to call me a brother. All these fascinating truths from scripture that we have in our who I am in Christ list. Um, <clears throat> there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And so so here I am, God's truth versus how I think and feel. Right. right. And what I realized is when I would sin, when I would act out, 
I realized my pattern was in my thinking, I wasn't conscious of this, but, oh, I have to be good for three days before God wants to hear from me again, right? Which means in the moment, I'm effectively separating myself from the power of God. I mean, Paul says in Ephesians 1, the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you and me through the Holy Spirit. Hmm. So is there anything that God can't help us overcome, including sexual addiction, uh, habitual pornography use, the chemical processes in our brain that that creates, right? Is there anything can't help us overcome? No. He's defeated sin and death and Satan through Jesus on the cross and in his resurrection. I love that. so, So, yeah. So what I realized is I felt like I had to be good for three days before he wanted to hear from me. And, but what's that? That's works-based righteousness. That's not faith, hmm. right? So by faith, I was able to back it up to the day after. Say, God, you know what I did yesterday. And then I was able to back it up to the hour after and say, God, you know what I did. And then I was able to back it up into, I remember one time I was actually on the computer. And I remember thinking, God, there's no condemnation for me because I'm in Jesus Christ. Now, you don't like this. You don't approve it. Sin leads to death. That's the reality. There are consequences in our life. But this is not hindering. Let me put it differently. Does not cancel my relationship with you. Mm-hmm. Because that's secured by Jesus. I used to say to my girls all the time, do you know why I love you? Now, may sound like a strange question, right? But hear me out. One time they were about three and five. They came in uh, to model their new outfits for me. And I was just ooing and eyeing over them. And uh, my younger daughter toddled on out. My older daughter climbed up in my lap again. She was about five years old. I just wrapped her up in my arms and I said, do you know why I love you? And she goes, because I'm smart and I'm beautiful. (laughs) Wow. I love that. Uh, And I said, well, those are things I love about you. Right. Right. But why do I love you? And she said, because I'm your daughter. Wow. And I said, now, why is that so important? And she said, because that can never change. Wow. My goodness. How old was she? Five. Wow. That's profound. But see, I had been teaching them. That's why I love you because you're my daughter. And that's stable, right? She actually, in kindergarten at five years old, one of her classmates was in a car accident, um, riding in the backseat, strapped in, but bad car accident, ended up in a wheelchair, Hmm. right? So intelligence, athletic ability, beauty, you know, all of that can be taken away, can change, whether through our own decisions, through an accident or illness, or even somebody somebody's sin against us. Yeah, yeah. But likewise, I mean, God says, I've adopted you through Jesus Christ. I call you my own. You are now a son of the king of the universe through faith in Jesus. And that can never change. Wow, wow. It's so good, man. It's so good. So it's it's amazing to see like, and you kind of mentioned it as a small detail, but to me, it's so significant, which is, encountering the bondage breaker material because 
that book was like was revolutionary. I mean, still to this day, like uh, a very impactful resource that really has, uh, you know, life changing revelations in there, um, you know, that that Neil Anderson has extracted from the scriptures. And um, it's no surprise to me that you've been so impacted by it. And and to see the kind of change, and you know, you're talking about the way you're able to raise your kids. Obviously, you know, a marriage of almost 30 years now. Um, it's amazing, man. It, it's really amazing. I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about when. Um, so this is when you got exposed to kind of the bond breaker stuff. When did you actually start to get involved with the organization? Because you know, you're the president today, so you're you're very very involved now. Um, tell us about how that came about, and I, I guess if you can comment a little bit as well about. Um, kind of what it's been like to, to work alongside, or at least to some degree, uh, with, with Neil Anderson as well, which is a name that I imagine uh, people, at least in, in your healing space, are going to be quite familiar with. Yeah. Well, and I want to back up here in just a second. So let me just say this about Neil. Neil is a down-to-earth, humble servant of God. And he acknowledges, he acknowledges that everything that has happened has been a gift from God. You know, he often talks about his his brokenness led him to depend on the Lord, and that's what created the fruitfulness. Yeah. Right. So, so it has been a joy to work alongside of and get to know him over. Honestly, I met him about fifth. Well, no, it was uh, eighteen years ago. I met him for the first time, and I've just seen the consistency. He'll be eighty this coming July fifth. Oh and my gosh. He, yeah, he still speaks and is a mighty servant for the Lord, although he keeps threatening to retire. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but let me back up here just a second. When you mentioned the bondage breaker, um, I alluded to a couple things, but I didn't spell it out clearly, and I'll try and do that quickly. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, right? Paul says right in Ephesians chapter 6. And through the bondage breaker, you know, I, I, I said, I learned it's not a power struggle. It's not an issue of authority. So what's this spiritual battle that we fight? It's a battle of truth versus deception, right? Mm-hmm. And if we think of it this way, um, in John, in a few different places, John 7, 10, uh, I think 14, anyway, a few places in John, he says, I only do what my father says and does and he is true. Right? And Jesus himself in John 14, 6 says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Right? So the Father is true. Uh, Jesus, the Son, is the truth. And in 14, John 14 and 16, he says, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, will guide you into all truth. Right? right. And then in John 17, he says, sanctify them by your word. When he's praying, he says, your word is truth, right? Then we switch to over to Philippians 4 real quick, where Paul says, think about that which is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy, right? Put those into practice, and the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So the Father, the Son, the Spirit, and the Word guide us into all truth, and we're actually to think that which is true. I mean, Part of the spiritual battle is not every thought you think is your thought. It right. doesn't it doesn't necessarily originate with you, but the world, the flesh, the devil, right? Because here's the thing: back in John chapter eight, Jesus says, "If you're really my disciples, you'll do what I say, and then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free." 
right. right now. Western world, we've thought, we've equated knowing the truth with head knowledge. That's not biblical. Biblical knowing is a holistic, right? That's why Jesus says, if you're my disciples, you'll do what I say. And so really it's this mental, emotional, and practical, like what safeguards do I have to put in place so that I'm not practicing sin? Ecclesiastes 8.8 says, wickedness will not release the one who practices it. Hmm. Right? So men, we have to put safeguards up. We have to give our body a chance to reset chemically. You know, at the same time that we're doing this work mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. 12 verses later, he's talking to the Pharisees who eventually kill him and or have the Romans kill him. And he said, you're of your son, you're, you're sons of your father, the devil. When he speaks, there is no truth because there is no truth in him. He is a liar and the father of lies. Right. right. And so uh, so the battle we fight is one of truth versus deception. Now, here's how it practically played out in in my life. Remember that aunt that was standing over my shoulder as an 11 year old. I figured, oh, she's going to tell my parents and I'm going to get in trouble. Well, nobody ever said anything to me about that. Hmm. And it, and so I interpret it and Satan started feeding this lie, what you've done is too dirty to talk about. If you share this, people will reject you, mm. right? What's that do? That severs me from relationships, which is what we need to get healthy, right? That's one of the critical things, healthy relationships. And it left me to my own strength and my own devices. And that's a failure, you know, that's a recipe for failure every time. Yeah. So, but here's the thing. That was all based on a lie. I actually said to my aunt a few years ago, you know, here it was probably 25 years after um, that incident in my, my grandpa's basement. I said, said to my aunt, did you ever tell my parents? And I, I was actually right in my thesis. She said, no, I just figured boys would be boys. Wow. Interesting. Huh. Right? But here I am thinking they know, but they're not talking to me. And, right. and the enemy says, see, because it's too dirty to talk about. Right. right? But, but 1 John 1.8 says, uh, 1 John 1.8 says, if we walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Hmm. So, so we, we actually create connection when we share uh, vulnerably with other men in healthy relationships. Yeah. So that's some of that spiritual battle. So here I am learning these things. And when I, when I moved to Syracuse and became a pastor there, an associate pastor in a growing church, um, I started teaching victory over the darkness and the bondage breaker and taking people through the steps to freedom. Uh, this is our prayer process. And that's part of what we do is it's basically a, a systematic practical theology uh, that teaches identity in Christ, the battle for the mind, the importance of forgiveness, and then pairs that with inviting the spirit to reveal to us the things that we're not even aware of that are yeah. hindering our intimacy, right? Nothing can cancel the relationship we have with our father, God. But, you know, if one of my kids is being rebellious and disobedient, 
it certainly affects the harmony, right? <laughs> and, yeah. and so the harmony of our relationship with our father is what we want to, to get healthy. So, so I start teaching it to people and, and I'll, I'll try and keep this real brief. I actually just got a letter the other day about how in 2003 and 2004, I came to Knoxville and brought a team to, to come to a conference put on by Freedom in Christ. I start, that's when I met Neil. I started to get to know the ministry more. Somebody took me through the steps to freedom. Um, you know, uh, and, then, uh, and then so in 2007, we actually invited Neil and probably 10 or 12 of his field staff to come to Syracuse and do a conference. And we had about 600 and some people go through the basics of our material and, and the steps to freedom that after that Saturday afternoon. Wow. And it was really cool because uh, I said to Neil, I was driving him around all week and I said to him, Hey, what, what's everybody doing Saturday after the conference finishes at four? And he's like, I don't know. We usually just like to get together and, and hang out. And because um, we live all over the country, I said, well, why don't you come over to my house for dinner? So, you know, here I am impromptu. I'm like, I should probably check with my wife first. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, but, but here I am, this, this, you know, relatively young pastor, inexperienced in, in a lot of these things. And I've got Neil Anderson, Rich Miller, the, the then president of Freedom in Christ USA, in my house with board members, with field staff. And we just get to know each other a bit. And so fast forward a couple more years and, and Rich Miller, the, the president at that point, he was developing a training system. We've got 300 plus uh, um, ministry associates around the U.S. There's actually an international ministry and I oversee the U.S. ministry, but there's an international ministry. and We're in 45 countries going into another 20 or 25. I mean, this wow. works on every continent, in every nation, in every language, with every people because it's the gospel. Yeah, uh, gospel applied to life. So, so Rich invited me to oversee the ministry in the Northeast. Um, then, in 2016, when I started planning a church, I also came on field staff part time. And in 2019, uh, they invited me to apply for the position, and I became the president of Freedom in Christ USA. Wow, that's amazing! Amazing. Yeah. And and how long do you say it's been? 22 years that you've been free of pornography and sexual sin. Yeah. So amazing. I, I kind of love that. And obviously it takes time to, I guess, develop a story like this. But it is amazing to think that some of the initial materials that was helping you get free 22 years ago is now the materials that you get to be responsible for getting into the lives of hundreds, thousands, uh, tens of thousands of people around the world, but especially in America, like you were talking about. Um, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit, Dan, about what is, what's the vision for freedom in Christ now moving forward? Obviously, you had kind of alluded to Neil, um, you know, he's 80, he's still going strong, but of course we know he won't be around forever. And, uh, you know, I was part of a ministry before I started doing this full time where, you know, the, the founders had also made a global impact and um, I think maybe had hit, had hit their 80s and they're still going strong. But of course, behind closed doors, you know, a lot of the conversations are what's next and, and how are we going to keep the message going? And um, those are the things they're concerned about. And I can imagine Neil thinks the same way, like nobody champions a ministry like this without being visionary and looking past themselves. So what's, um, what's ahead? What's on the horizons for freedom in Christ? Yeah, thanks for asking. Well, um, like I said, we are, and, and we in the U.S. ministry do work uh, closely with the international ministry, helping other countries, you know, get started, get established, just you know, partnering with them in ways like, like developing um, a new youth curriculum, you know, that, that 
uh, hopefully we want to transmit this message to the next generation. Uh, we actually are starting up a podcast ourselves called Stories of Freedom. Uh, and we'll, we'll interview people. Uh, I've got a, a young lady on staff. She's going to be assisting me. Her husband is actually a podcast producer, so he'll be doing the editing. And so we'll just interview people and say, how have you experienced freedom uh, in Christ? And, um, and then we'll break it down afterwards for a few minutes, just saying, hey, what's the, what's the biblical truth and the application so that anybody can put those into practice? Wow. Right? So, um, so we're trying through social media, through podcasts, through uh, new curriculum and new, new materials uh, to A, keep that, keep that um, product stream going in terms of um, getting the message out of how people can connect with their Heavenly Father through the truth of, of Christ and His Word, empowered by the Spirit. But we're also at the same time um, training ministry associates and, and hiring new field staff who raise their own support to do this part-time or full-time. So we're growing as an organization. Uh, we're trying to, to continue our, our curriculum uh, development and the message. But really, part of what our emphasis is <clears throat> right now, and this is internationally, is uh, reaching leaders with the message. Really, I mean, people do get delivered. People do get healed, right? We actually refer to ourselves as a discipleship ministry, right? Because it's it's in taking personal responsibility, right? Unfortunately, we've had a lot of people through the years say, "Hey, can I just can I meet with Neil? If he prays for me, I'll be okay." <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And that's that's not the way it works. Now we fully believe in intercessory prayer, and you know, we do that all the time, but. Uh, and, and praying on behalf of others. But if, if we look at James 5, it starts out before, you know, ask the elders, which even that is the responsibility of the individual, invite the elders to anoint you with oil and pray for mm, you, mm. personal responsibility. But it says before that, I think it may be verse 13, if anyone is in trouble, he should pray. Right. Let him pray. That's it starts, yeah. Yeah. And so we as believers have to take responsibility because like 2 Peter 1.3 says, God has already given you everything for necessary for life and godliness through your knowledge of the one who loved you and died for you. Right. Yeah. And so, so he, he, God has done his part. Are we doing our part? Because I know for years I was like, God, fix this. Take away my lust. You know, take away... <laughs> I don't care. Just take away my desire. You know, I was so desperate. And he was like, I've done everything you need me to do. Right. But it's really in learning um, the truth of who he is, the truth of what he's accomplished in Christ, who I am in Christ, how to fight the spiritual battle that. So we want to, we want to reach leaders and say, every believer needs to know how to walk by faith in repentance. Yeah. That's what our ministry does. That's so amazing. That, yeah, so reaching leaders uh, is a big push because uh, they'll reach more people and influence more people than we could one-on-one. -on -one. Oh, I love that. I'm so big on that too because I think um, it, it is, they're the gatekeepers, right? Like for the wider body of Christ, it really is determined 
by their leaders, you know, the people that God has appointed to be that person in their life. And so uh, you guys reaching the leaders is a big deal and we need more people like you doing it. So thank you for that. Um, the other question I had is uh, we had Paul Cole on here. He's the president of uh, Christian Men's Network, I believe is what they're called. And he had talked about how um, they, they also had a, a very large scale impact early 80s, I think maybe 70s. It was his father who started the ministry and had this really strong message that was kind of new in that day and age and people latched onto it and, you know, it just took off and it had a, a profound impact on really all of America and beyond. And he was talking about how, you know, taking it over now, it's his father's ministry and the, the message is the same but the methods in which they deliver that message have changed. And you're talking about that too. Like social media wasn't a thing when Neil Anderson first penned Bondage Breakers, but obviously now, you know, you guys are doing those things. I am curious though, and I have to ask it just out of, um, I think my own curiosity and maybe to be a little bit cheeky, but has the message changed at all for you guys? Is, uh, you know, are the messages that Neil was writing 20, 30, 40 years ago, are they the same messages that you're continuing to propagate or have, have there been updates? Have there been changes? Um, I'm just curious, what, what's, it, what's it been like as you guys continue to kind of disperse it uh, around the globe? Sure. Well, so um, the biblical principles and the truth of God's word doesn't change, right? Right. But the way that we communicate it has to, right? Yeah. So, uh, for example, Steve Goss, our uh, international director, uh, he's written four kind of shorter books. He was a businessman for decades, and he's written four shorter books that uh, are just great in terms of really simply, clearly, down to earth, every day. You don't have to be a theologian to get through the first half of Victory Over the Darkness kind of thing. Um, <laughs> you know, to and, and you really don't, anybody can get through it, but it is, it really was blowing my mind. Uh, when I first read it, like, is this really true? Go into the scriptures cited. So it, it's, it's, you know, denser reading. So he has simplified it uh, and, and yet continued the principles. We're trying to put um, some of our stuff on YouTube for free. Uh, Neil has updated uh, Victory of the Darkness and Restored and the steps he's condensed into a book called Restored. And we actually have we put that online for free. So restored.pub, uh, restored uh, as in we've been restored to right relationship with him, .pub as in publication. And that's completely free interactive ebook that people can read and pray through and experience um, God at work in their life. And this works, wow. this works from six-year-olds to 70-some, 80-some-year-olds. <laughs> From again, from children to New Testament theologians who've said, "Boy, God revealed some stuff to me that I didn't even recognize." Oh, um, I love like that. all around the world. So, so yeah, and I mean, I write, I write a weekly email, and basically, I just communicate the same biblical principle, but I just tell some of my life story, and and then help people apply it through there. What's how did I feel? What was my experience? But What's the truth of who God is and what he said is true? And how do we interpret our experiences in light of those things instead of interpreting his character in light of our experience? Oh, right, I love so, that. Yeah, so we're just trying to trying to put it in new new format, new language. Yeah, and, yeah. and again, uh, you know, youth curriculum that will help uh, disciple the next generation and pass the message on. 
Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. And I, I love what you said earlier, too. I didn't get a chance to comment on it. But, you know, for us, we, um, we really believe in that responsibility thing. And it's something that we, we drive home beginning at the beginning. And we have, we have a, a component of sort of uh, praying through prayers and that the deliverance part in our program. And we've actually saved it for the end because we don't want people to just kind of pray their prayer, dust their hands off and outsource the rest of the work. Um, and we find that long term, and I, I'm sure you guys see this as well, but like people can come to a seminar and get Neil can lay hands on them and pray the prayer in Jesus name and they can walk back delivered. But if they don't have the maturity to steward that breakthrough or whatever, um, then it's not necessarily doing them a lot of favors in the long run. And I love I love the way you've structured that. Um, this is amazing. Well, and, Dan. And oh, go I, ahead. Listen, real quick. Please. We actually we encourage all of our staff and field staff to pray through the steps at least once a year. You know, but really, you know, so that there, we're taking the time before the Lord to say, Lord, is there anything that you want to do a deep clean on? Right. I love that. <laughs> a great, great ministry name. So um, but um, but, you know, one lady, she said one time it was like a dozen years after our seminar in Syracuse. And when she found out I was working full time for Freedom in Christ, she goes, I still have my steps to freedom booklet. And whenever I feel like something is off, I just go back to that. And I, I sit before the Lord and get it resolved. Mm. See, because it's, it's a, it's a way of learning how to pray, to break the ties, break the, the spiritual, mental, emotional, physical ties that occur in sexual sin. How do I forgive people? Right. Cause forgiveness gives the enemy a legal right to oppress me. Um, both Jesus and Paul said, how do I resolve my anger and my anxiety? Because Paul also, and Paul and Peter said, that opens the door for the enemy of our souls to oppress us. So it really taught me how to pray by faith, who I am in Christ because of what he's done, and how to, how to live in repentance, right? Mm. A change of mind, a change of mind that leads to a change of behavior. How, how do I transform uh, by the renewing of my mind. So it really yeah. is a, it taught me how to walk out my faith. I love that. And it, it, it reminds me of Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4, where it talks about the equipping of the saints, right? And that that's the exact design of it. It's that we're equipped so that when we encounter a challenge or a struggle, we have the tools on hand where it's like, okay, this, yeah, this is how I respond when I have some unforgiveness. I better go, you know, pull up the forgiveness script or whatever it is, or, you know, it's just learning to understand yourself better and then have the resources that are going to help you actually work through it in a really effective way. Um, love it. Dan, uh, just as a, as a closer, can you tell people where they can connect with you? If they want to find out more about what you guys are up to, we got restored.pub. That's an excellent resource and we'll put that link in the show notes, but what are some other ways that people can connect with you guys? Well, the international site is freedominchrist.org, and there's actually uh, on there, it's called Freedom Stream. There's a two-week trial. They can check out any of our courses on there, the Freedom in Christ course. Uh, Neil and Steve Goss walking through the steps to freedom, so freedominchrist.org. Uh, our U.S. site is FICM for Freedom in Christ Ministries, FICM.org. Uh, you, can, you can find out a lot more about us there you know, how, how to connect with us, how to take online classes, uh, where we might have ministry associates, um, you know, how to, how to develop as a leader. And we've got Freed to Lead, which is how do I lead from my identity in Christ instead of my performance or the performance of my organization. And it impacts how we lead 
because of who we are instead of trying to determine who we are based on how I'm leading. Right. <laughs> so, so FICM.org uh, is a great place to connect with us. We're on social media, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Freedom in Christ, Neil Anderson. Um, you can search them on, uh, on Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and YouTube. We're all over YouTube. Neil's got a lot of stuff on there. Perfect. Uh, we're putting more out all the time. Good. Really, really good. This has been awesome. Dan, th thank you so much. I know a lot of people are going to be impacted by this. And to those of you who are listening, uh, go check out these guys' resources. You guys have done such a great job of making these resources free or, or available, a uh, really low barrier to entry. And uh, it's fantastic work you're doing. So Dan, thanks again for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. Appreciate you and your ministry. God bless you. Thank you. Awesome. Well, that was a great interview. I'm so grateful for Dan just taking some time out of his day and representing really what is one of the most impactful inner healing organizations that currently is around today. And, um, and so it was a really, a really good time. I was really, really grateful. And I want to encourage you to capitalize on some of those free resources. Guys, free resources, like there's nothing like it. You know, whether it's a podcast, it's a free ebook. I mean, it's just one of the easiest ways that you can get started. It's not going to fix all your problems. It's not going to make you a perfect person, but it is going to help you along the way. And I highly recommend that you check out some of their stuff. So all the link is in the show notes. And if you're maybe listening to this and you're saying, okay, Cynthia, I know that I need to tackle the spiritual side of it. I also know that I need some help on the soul side of it, you know, wounds from the past, emotional intelligence uh, and well-being. That is really what we're all about here at Deep Clean. Uh, Deep Clean is founded on three pillars, self-awareness, healing of the heart, and identity in Christ. And if that sounds like a system that might be useful for you and a good match for your situation, uh, then you can go to our website. There's an opportunity there for you to book a call and we'd love to talk with you and figure out if what you got going on is going to be a good fit for us and to see if we can help you resolve the root issues of porn addiction and really experience lasting freedom. So links are in the show notes, guys. Much love to all of you. Thank you for listening. I hope you have an incredible day and we'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey everybody, it's Thea again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Cynthia Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.